we we had that what was it that educator educator last week at that town hall meeting say but oh, why, yeah, the why, sh degree. why should the parents decide what qualification she has a master's degree she did you know right. why should the parents decide we we own the children i mean and let's remember not hyperbole both hitler both lenin both of those regimes said give me the child and i will own them I will own the future generations. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Welcome to the Joyful Warrior Podcast. We're joined by Dr. Sebastian Gorka. I have been able to come on your show. You've been so gracious to Moms for Liberty. Katie Gorka, your wife, a member of our advisory board, has been so instrumental in the work that we're doing around the country. Thank you for joining us today. I'm kind of torn because I'm delighted to be here, Tiffany, and we love the work that you and Tina and everybody else do for Moms for Liberty. But somebody just told me before I came on the show that your members don't know who I am. And I'm like heartbroken. I thought these were female patriot warrior princesses and they don't know who Dr. G is. Well, I'm shocked. We have about 89% of our membership is women. Yeah. Um, but I like women. Oh, good. Yeah, good. they should yeah. like me. It should be mutual. So tell us, who is Sebastian Gorka? Well, Tell us a little bit how, about how you. long do you have? Well, I, I know that you love dogs, but you don't like pain. I've watched some of your it's commercials. A good, it's a good it, ad, isn't it? It's a great. I I love dogs, but, but I, I don't I like pain. pain. Yeah, that was a great, great ad. Um, so I'm, I, I know you like Bio dogs. Buy relief factor. Do it now. There you go. I know you have a beautiful family, but tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up, yeah. what your background is. Right, so my parents uh, suffered under Nazi occupation and then communist dictatorship in Central Europe. My father was a political prisoner liberated from a communist prison by the revolutionaries in 1956. Uh, he escaped with a young 17-year-old girl, the daughter of a fellow prisoner, to the West, to England. They were married. Those are my parents. I was born and raised in England. Moved to post-communist Hungary after the fall of the Berlin Wall, lived there for 15 years, met my wife in Europe, lovely Katie Gorka, and then um, ended up in the White House. My background is counterterrorism, grand strategy, working for President Trump, and now your members should be listening to America First every single day. 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern on the Salem Network, sebgorka.com, and then you can find out who I really am. Wonderful, wonderful. Let's talk about communism. Let's talk about the state of America today. Yeah. Tina and I talk a lot about the fact that we really believe we are at war in this country. Yeah. Communism has taken root in many different ways, and we right. see the destruction of the family, the destruction right. of our history and our country happening right in front of our eyes. Yeah. The building of the Red Guard in America and America's public schools. Yeah. Sebastian, where are we on this track of other countries that have fallen yeah. to communism? And, and are, at what point will we know it's gone too far? Are we? How hopeful are you of our ability to fight back against this? Well. That's the question. I used to make fun of my fellow Americans five, six, seven years ago when they say, oh, the commies are here and the Democrat Party are commies. I say, oh, really? Can, can I talk to you about communism? Can I talk to you about the scars on my dad's body where he was tortured by communist secret police? You know what, uh, Tiffany? I don't make fun of them anymore. I, I don't. President Trump was on my show this week for almost an hour. You can, you can see the whole video, you can see the interview, just go online, follow, you know, follow me on social media. You know what he started the interview with? He said, 
I used to call it socialism. I don't call it socialism anymore. We have communism in America. And you know, he's right. When you have uh, Richard Levine, the ugly man who wears a skirt as an admiral in the Department of Health and Human Services, say on video last week, you know, um, young children, yeah, yeah, teachers or, or coaches, they should be helping them. No, no, it doesn't have to be their parents to uh, transition out of their sex. You say, hang, hang on a second, I've heard this before. I've heard this in Maoist communist China. I've heard this in Stalinist Russia, where they understand the building block of our society is the family. It's family, God, country. If they want to put a wedge between the parents and the child, as an admiral in the Biden administration, where we have states of the nation that are saying teachers can secretly help a child transition, which means hormone therapy to sterilize them, double mastectomies for healthy young girls. What is this? This, 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 this didn't happen. Stalin couldn't do that. Stalin couldn't say, oh, uh, open the borders, allow enough fentanyl in to kill 110,000 Russians in one year. That's what happened. Can I just, l let me just stop on this and then you can ask the next question. You're good. I have a Newsmax show every week and we were talking about the border. And I just, on the back of a piece of paper, and I asked the, the team to do a little graphic for the screen, because I'm a national security guy originally. I did the math of how many Americans have died fighting for America since the end of World War II. So Korea, Vietnam, uh, Iraq one, Iraq two, Afghanistan. That's a lot of wars yes. in 70 years. You do the math and it's surprising. It's 103,000 Americans. 103,000 Americans, war fighters, died, gave the ultimate show of love for their nation in 70 years. More died in the last 12 years as a result of Chinese communist fentanyl coming to this country, 110,000. And that is not an accident. We shut down the border. When we were in the White House, we shut it down. We are having the dismantling of our nation. And, and here's the big take home for all of you lovely ladies out there and the guys who are standing behind those lovely ladies. If you're not prepared to fight, it's, it's done, it's gone. There's an amazing individual, I don't know if you've had him on your show, the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson. Yes. So Mark Robinson, I had him on my show after that video went viral of him at a town hall saying, I don't own a gun, but I, I served in the army. You want to ban the gun show in, the, in, in our town next week because what, what, the Second Amendment doesn't apply to me? I, I, I'm not a criminal, I'm a law-abiding citizen. That viral video propelled him to the, the Lieutenant Governorship of North Carolina and hopefully next the governorship. My buddy, Matt Schlapp, we are at CPAC, when I was at his house recently, he told this story about being at Mark Robinson's office, his, his lieutenant governor's office, in a, with a, a delegation. And Schlapp asked him, why do you do what you do? You were just a, you know, a regular Joe. Why, why did you do this? Why did you stand up at that town hall meeting in Greensboro? Why did you run for lieutenant governor? And he said this, and I, I, it's not in, in the mellifluous tones of, of Mark Robinson. He said, he told the delegation, I'm just not prepared to be staring at the ceiling on my deathbed right. and ask the question, is there more I could have done for my children? That's whether right. it's your children, whether it's your grandchildren. I mean, who, who's going to save and protect our children if not you, if you're not prepared to do it? And that's why I am so excited 
about what you have built with Moms for Liberty and all your colleagues. Thank you very much. I think there are a lot of moms who sleep well at night now knowing that all day long they're fighting very, very hard. But, you know, when you are watching this happen in the country, and, and I think parents are the biggest stakeholders here when we talk about the future of America, right? You have children. You're thinking about the future for your children. Uh, Randy Weingarten doesn't have kids. I don't think she's as concerned about the future of America as a parent might Can, can be. I tell you a story? Yeah, please. When we moved to America, we moved to the Commonwealth of Virginia, and we had kids in the school system. <laughs> Every member of the Fairfax County Education Board, the school board, when we arrived, nine-member board, all of them were Democrats. None of them had children in the public schools of Fairfax Shocker. County. Yeah. Well, I mean, the unions And then are, what do we expect? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it, public education has become a jobs program in America. It yeah, absolutely right. has. And so American moms and dads are taking it back and reclaiming it, you know, with the school boards. So if we talk about the cultural revolution in China, you have the great leap forward. Mao decides in his first term, I guess you would call it, in his first time in all, it, it serving as the leader of, of China, he's going to revolutionize China now, right, and make it an industrial great yeah. nation. 50 million people die, yeah. right? Farmers are now- 50 or 60. 50 or 60. And, and farmers who were making, who, who were growing food for the country stop, they start doing other things, forced to do other things, people die, up. or they were locked up. And so you have horrible loss. And then Mao comes into power again later, right? And now we have the Cultural Revolution, right. the four, tearing down the four olds. Kids diming out their parents. If they said something wrong, it was the kid's duty to betray the parents because the, because the child belongs to the state. We, we had that, what was it, that educator, educator last week at that town hall meeting say, but oh, yeah, why, the why, sh why should the parents decide? What She has a master's degree. She did, you know. Right. Why should the parents decide? We, we own the children. I mean, and let's remember, not hyperbole, both Hitler, both Lenin, both of those regimes said, give me the child and I will own them. I will own the future generations. This is what it's all about. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. And so I continue to look at Democrats in America and wonder, like, your parents, you have children. Is there not some line that would be crossed for you that would be a problem, right? I mean, there's got to be something. If, if you were going into the classroom and teaching about Jesus Christ, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take, like that, right? But take right? politics out of it. Right. It's not about Democrat parents No, it's or not. Republican I was parents. getting there, but yes, sir. But, but I mean, why I'm so excited, maybe I see this through rose-tinted spectacles, but I, for me, as somebody who you know, talks politics three hours a day, worked in the White House, loves this country, is the greatest nation on God's green earth. I don't think this nation is going to be rescued or saved by the people at CPAC. We're, we're, we're the germinating, germinating seed. It's the people who otherwise don't see themselves as political, who just want to make the car payment at the end of the month, make sure their son has got a new pair of sneakers for the next term, for the next semester. Those people who wake up one morning and say, excuse me? Sorry, there are graphic novels about uh, oral sex between men in, in the school library of my children. Uh, uh, sorry, ha, ha, what? Uh, girls are having their breasts removed in the name of happiness. I think it's the, it's the to use the colloquialism, the red pilling of those who don't have an R behind their name or a D behind their name saying, this stops now. With me, right? With, with me, with, with me. me. Right. I make a difference. I mean, it's, it's Václav Havel in, in Czechoslovakia, it's, it's Solzhenitsyn who says the, the empire of lies, the collapse of the empire of lies, literally begins with one man or woman saying the truth. It begins with just one person saying, no, I stand in the gap 
I'm not going to let you say that about, you know, Leah Thomas, who's actually a man. Yeah. No, 100%. So let's talk about the truth. Yeah. American media, really hard for American people yeah. to trust any media, right? If you, wanna, if you want the facts about something, where do right. you get to get your information? It's funny you ask that. So, one of the most, so we have articles on our website um, at sebgorka.com, and in the last, we've been doing the radio show for four years, one of the most popular articles, because I kept being asked by callers saying, how do you know what to trust in an age of, you know, insanity of QAnon, in the age of Russia, Russia collusion, how do you know what to trust? Right. So I sat down with my team, and I did the list of the 13 most reliable news sources I trust that over the years have demonstrated to me that they're trustworthy. And you know, these are things like uh, The Federalist, Daily Caller, Daily Wire, Breitbart, you know, all, all, the, all the guys that have proven themselves. But here, here's the most important thing I say. Letterheads, I get letterheads, you know, CNN, BBC, but it's less the letterhead it's the person. The reporter. It's the reporter. So why yesterday at the gala where Carrie Lake spoke, why does Carrie, we're in a room of what, I don't know, 1,000 people, whatever, 2,000 people. Carrie Lake gives Steve Bannon a shout out. So first, Mike Lindell, Steve Bannon, God bless her, she mentioned me. Um, and then she mentions John Solomon. Why does she mention Don, John Solomon? Because John Solomon- He's an honest broker. Has dedicated his life to telling the truth at the cost of his reputation being smeared for the last six years as a you know Hunter Biden Russia you know uh, conspiracy theorist who's got the receipts who's done the investigative journalism so look at the real people you know whether it's um, Molly Hemingway whether it's the Chris Plants of this world the people who have over years demonstrated their fidelity to the truth that's what I do but you know I'm happy to send you the link to the article send it out to your members the 13 yeah, sites I use yeah let's do yeah. that I think absolutely because you know part of the issue and I do a lot of interviews you know constantly having to counter misinformation right. you know about DeSantis about the AP course for example yeah. the, the college level course right um, Andrea Mitchell does an interview with the Vice President of the United States of America, says Ron DeSantis doesn't want to teach about slavery. And, and the Vice President of the United States says, oh, yeah, no, he doesn't right. want to teach. And now that's out there, right? Out now there. that's a lie. Right. And so for the American people, is there something they can do to hold the media more accountable? Well, look, uh, there's a couple of things. So people like, like you and me, we, we, we shouldn't give them as, as much oxygen as we do. Well, that's probably right? true. So when I, when I was in the White House, they, they threw me into the lion's den uh, the first week. I wasn't there to do media, I was there to do national security, but then the, the travel ban thing was dropped on Saturday. And it wasn't well prepped, so I told Bannon and Spicer, hey, I've done a bit of media, maybe I can explain to the world why this is you know, based upon Obama threat analysis, it's not racist, da da da, da. So I started doing media to explain the president's policies. And they had a team of lovely ladies who booked White House staff to do media. And I went in there to introduce myself, and there was a, a whiteboard with all the big cable shows, Hannity, Tucker, Don Lemon, blah, 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 with the size of their audience, ranked with the biggest audience to the bottom, because they would give priority to the requests coming with the biggest audience to right. just not waste our time. And I'm looking at this board, because I'd never looked at Nielsen ratings, I was a national security wonk. And I'm looking at the numbers, and I say to the, Katie at the desk, who's doing the booking, hey, Katie, how many zeros did you take off those numbers? I said, oh, no, no, those are the latest Nielsen. Those are the figures. And I'm like, 
And this was six years ago. So, are you telling me CNN's primetime show Only gets, gets 600,000 viewers? My radio show, radio show is three million a day. Wow. And I go, what? With 330 million people, and they can't get a fraction of a percentage to watch. This. Now, we should sh sh shine a line on them right. when they're lying, but don't give them enough oxygen to make them look like they're important. Or credible. What we should do is, look, my advice is very simple. It's in the Bible. Cleave to the truth. Here's my, uh, uh, can I, will you indulge me with one story? Of course, please. So, Katie and I were invited to speak at a, it wasn't a Republican thing, it was a MAGA gala at the Trump golf course in, in the Commonwealth in, in Virginia. And we arrived early, it's, I'd never been to the Trump golf course, just beautiful. Arrive early, this woman sees me and runs over to me in this full length ball gown and says, Dr. G, Dr. G, big fan, can I get a selfie? And I said, sure. And I always said, I said to what I always say to pretty ladies who want a selfie. Don't forget to tag me when you post it, like on Facebook or Instagram. And she looked at me and she suddenly her face changed. She said, oh, uh, I, I can't do that. I mean, we, we live in Northern Virginia and it's, <laughs> it's very Democrat. And my, 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 right. my husband is self-employed. And at that moment, something broke inside me. It's like my heart just a little bit broke. And I didn't use her name, but when I gave my speech to this assembled crowd of hundreds of patriots, like two hours later, I said, somebody did this to me today. And here's my lesson. And if you take it personally, yeah, good. If you're not prepared to put your name to your values, you don't hold those values. If you're not prepared to say in public, on Facebook, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to be preachy. But that Leah Thomas is Will Thomas. Right. Right? Right. That uh, Rachel Levine is Richard Levine. And whether he cuts his penis off or not, he is a man till he is put in the ground. If you're not prepared to stand up for the truth, then you are on the side of the enemy. My, my friend Richard Prager, uh, sorry, Dennis Prager, uh, my colleague at Salem, has a very good saying. He says there are three types of people in the world. There are the fighters, like you and me. There are the people who help the fighters. And there are the people who do nothing. Don't be in the third group, because look at the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union wasn't, didn't become a communist state because 80 million people decided. Literally, a boxcar from Switzerland was sealed up with Lenin and his 15 cronies and sent by the Germans east to destabilize Russia during World War I. 20 guys took over a country. But what happened for the next 70 years? The majority of the inhabitants of that nation did nothing. They became what I call the permissive enablers. It's the opposite of 1776. In 1776, the people said, enough. You know, the farmer picked up the musket and we said, King George, you're not doing this. So if you are doing nothing, if you say, oh, I'll keep my head down and I'll be fine, you're actually empowering the people who are destroying this country. So the message is, to get practical, never ever censor yourself. Never find yourself wanting to say the truth, biting your tongue and saying, uh, I'm, I'm not going to tweet that. I, I'm not going to post that. 
I'm not going to say that at the water cooler at work. If you are censoring yourself, you have actually assisted in the dismantling of everything you love. Cleave to the truth as the Bible tells us. Thank you so much for joining us today. I don't know that there's better advice that you could share than that, so I'm going to end buy, the interview here. Buy ammunition. Buy, uh, buy I mean, ammunition. I, I, like, I, I like to give you know, media matters something sure. to get their knickers oh, in a twist. Oh, right, buy right. ammunition. But, yes, uh, and yeah. practice. And go to practice, the gun range and practice. Conceal carry, can. get your permit. 100%. Teach your buddies how to shoot. Well, I mean, you're not lying. What is the first thing, what is the first thing they did in Cuba? Forget about Cuba. Look at 2012 in Venezuela. In yeah. Venezuela, they disarmed the population. Oh, look! And the commies took over. That was 11 years ago. Sebastian, I just did an interview with a woman from Venezuela yeah, yeah. who told me that when she saw the baby food shortage happening in America, she started to cry. Yeah. That it was her. It was the first indication she really was seeing American decline. And so I hear that from other people as well. We thank you for coming on. Thank you for you've always got, You've got a much a more important guest coming. Billboard Chris is on deck. You had a lovely girl before me, very impressive young lady, and now the bravest man in North America outside of Donald Trump will be on your podcast. We salute you, Chris Elston. Yes, we do. Absolutely. God bless. Thank you. Keep so fighting, much. ladies. And, you know, the guys helping the ladies. <laughs>